it's dealing with a lot of other issues, you know, just about like finding yourself and, you know, uh, worldviews and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, a little bit of crooning here and there, but, you know, I, I feel like I've been branching off more in my songwriting to talk about other issues and fatherhood, you know. Okay, you're, you're a father. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, wow. What do you, you have a son, daughter? I, yeah, I have two, two children, two, two sons. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I guess it has, uh, I don't know. So, let's take it back. Bilal, you know, was a kid running around and such. Uh, what type of songs running around, you know, the household, what type of songs were you, you know, listening to? Oh. Well... Growing up, I, I kind of came into stuff a little late. I know my uncles and everybody um, were, were really into Parliament and war and, um, you know, Earth, Wind and & Fire and stuff like that. But my mom was really religious, so I came up in a <laughs> religious household. Like, mm -hmm. we just listened to gospel music. <laughs> oh, okay, so you had Aretha Franklin on, you know, not, something like not that. Not even. We had, like, she a, had a religious song. She was vinyl. religious, but, you know. When, when Aretha Franklin was singing gospel, my, that was like way younger than me. My mom, she listened to a lot of like Daryl Coley and uh -huh. John P. Key. Oh, wow. You know. Wow. They, uh, pre uh, Kirk Franklin. Oh, okay. Before he <laughs> pre, made it, before he did, before yeah. he did the, you know, making it cool <laughs> with the 808s and the clapping and yeah, the yelling and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Okay. Okay, so can you think of a particular artist that inspired you in that time to kind of, you know, make this more than just, you know, a hobby or more than like a full-time passion well, career? Well, what started to happen was I went to a performing arts high school and um, I joined the jazz band. Okay. And then, you know, my pops found out that I was in the jazz and he had a lot of good, a, a lot of his good friends in Philadelphia own jazz clubs mm -hmm. so they started uh letting me come in and sit in the closet from like i would say 13 on i just would go to the jazz clubs with my pops so that really just got me into oh oh god i want to i want to have a band you know mm -hmm. i want to play so that's where that that kind of happened so that inspiration kind of came from watching them as, as yeah young yeah so. yeah Okay. Um, <laughs> random question. Do you remember your favorite movie back then around that time when you, you listened to Coley? You're going um, to the jazz clubs. My favorite movie back then was Karate Kid, probably. Oh, wow. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little Daniel, son. Uh -huh. So, as an artist, can you describe how you have grown musically? What things that have changed, you know, with your approach to songwriting since you, you know, since you first started into now? How well, you kinda, you know? um, I think when I first started writing songs, uh, like before I got my deal with Interscope, it was really on a, I would say, an organic level. To, I would write everything at the piano first. Mm -hmm. And then it got into a period where I was just writing the tracks, like working with producers, and they would give me tracks. And it kind of boxed me in for a while. Mm. I was I, I went through a period where I was about to stop writing music wow. because I just didn't like writing the tracks. Like I felt like, well, I don't know. Other people can break out of it, but I just started feeling like I was writing the same song over and over. Again. Yeah. So 
I kind of have come full circle now and as a songwriter. I don't really, I don't write the tracks anymore. I just went right back to how I started, and which is just writing at the piano first. And if the song feels good, just me singing at the piano, then I, um, I go to the studio and make a track out of it. Mm. So that's how I do songs now. Oh, okay, okay. And feels good. Feels a different vibe. It feels better, you know, because I feel like I'm really structuring a song instead of, like, making up a, a verse and then a chorus, verse, chorus. This, like, it has pieces to it, you know. Every every song doesn't really end up like that. It, you know, every song doesn't have to have a, a verse. I mean, a chorus, you know. Mm-hmm. Or a hook. Or a hook, a hook per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I, had, I had gotten really stuck in that, you know. That mind like, frame. Like the rapper with the 16, 8, Yeah, 16. yeah, yeah. Like, and I went to school for music, so I, I went to school to try and break out of those kind of boxes, and I just felt like I was, I couldn't, I put myself in a box I couldn't break out of. So I think that's one of the main reasons why I'm really happy about this album, like this album that I'm working on, because I, I'm like tearing away from those things. Like, it's some songs that's like, don't have a, a a, 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 a hook per se mm-hmm. it just has like a certain word or something you know what I mean or maybe not even that you know mm-hmm. I, I feel like the world is is open to certain things if you present it a certain way you know mm, that is very true that is very true so you're no longer on Interscope anymore no no longer on Interscope yeah. I mean, this new album I'm gonna put out this new album I'm gonna put out through an independent label. Okay. So, yeah, I'm 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 staying away from uh, big labels right now. Mm-hmm. They, they they really changing up the game with with the new deals that they're doing. So yeah, the 360s and all that other stuff. Yeah, and I'm I make most of most of my music and my 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 living I've been doing so far is through live shows. Mm-hmm. So if I sign a 360 deal, it's like I'm, I won't ever see money. <laughs> yeah, they they trying to get it however they can get it. No one's getting those deals like they used to give yeah. where it's like a million dollars and all those incentives. But then you're giving up your publishings and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. it's good to do it. So plus the digital age, you can just you know. Yeah, I was I was gonna put the album out myself, but then I'm like, you know, I really do want to want a mass of people, you know, yeah. to hear it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it. I wouldn't be satisfied at the end of the day if, you know, my same core fans could not access the album the way you would like them to. Right, and I, I, not even that, but you know, I want to reach more people than just my core fans. I know that they're going to love it, and I, I really appreciate that, you know. But I want to, um, I wanted to reach more people than you know the people that know and love me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're gonna, they're gonna yeah, dig it. they're going to dig it anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, going back to the album Firstborn, Second, what were some of the things that you wanted people to get from that album, like from that concept? For Firstborn, Second? Yeah. Man, I was scatterbrained back then. Um, I really just wanted people to get that I wasn't, I was a lot of things. Like, I tried to make that album very open-ended, like, so people couldn't put me in a box. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, it was like the whole neo-soul craze. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I want this album. I want 
I want to do sing songs on hip hop tracks. And, yeah, you know bring I mean? calm and then most yeah, death on them you know and what stuff I'm like that. I was, I, I'm gonna try and flip it, and you know, I still got put in the nail. <laughs> <laughs> Right back on the way here. That's what I was, I was going. I'm going to interview Bugatti. It's like, oh, the neo soul singer. I was like, yes, tracks where he does have rappers on there. It's not necessarily like that. Okay. Hey, go figure. If you if you don't get on BET, you're an underground rapper. If you are on BET all the time, you're mainstream. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're gonna fit somewhere. Oh, um. So, uh, what's what's a piece of advice that you can give to artists coming in that generally want to, you know, they want to keep to, you know, what they are. They don't want to be conformed, any of that type of thing. What's something that you would say that, uh, to them to keep to what they are or to stay, you know? Well, you know, in this business, I would say if you if if it's something that's serious to you, make a stand in yourself first and don't let nobody shake that you know what I mean if you're unsure from the beginning (laughs) (laughs) they're going to change you you know Um, but me I always knew how I wanted to be um, perceived and taken I just uh, had trouble conveying that you know what I mean so a lesson learned anybody coming in to the business you should really sit down and come make your concept uh, totally um, uh, completely uh, palatable you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying so where it's understood so when you go to market it and you have the person that's marketing you doesn't really have to guess Mm. and make up something that's not really you Mm. Because you you come into the table with who you are, you know. So really, just know who you are and know how you want to be perceived and how you want to project that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, you know, and you don't have to have all the music or you know uh, all the clothes, but just your ideals and you know the people that you want to reach. You know how you how you want to be seen. You know, all those things together. Mm-hmm. Because they'll come and throw you in a studio with Joe Smo, and nah. you'd be like, but this isn't my sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. They'll be yeah. like, Dad, you used, to, you used to do albums like this, and this whole album's like like this. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like, that's that's why I said with the first album, I, I, I tried to make it so, like, sporadic, so... They couldn't fit if you. If I were to flip it, mm-hmm. people wouldn't be like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I see myself as that. Like, I, I might be here one one time, and then I want to flip it and do something else, you know? Like, then I want to go and do that. I, I feel like I should have, I have the right to be able to evolve. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want nobody to uh, box me in like that. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So give everybody like a MySpace website where they can contact you, get in touch with you, find out all the updates of what's going on with Bilal. Oh, God. Oh, man. (laughs) Google me. Google you. (laughs) Google you. All right. Google Uh, Bilal. Google me because I'm not really sure about the, uh, I think uh, the MySpace is Bilal Oliver. 
Yeah, I think it is because I went there this morning. And um, I don't, I don't know the website. Yeah, your the website, the website was kind of messed the up. Web, the website, I don't even know if Inter, Interscope still has that up, but it's up, but it has nothing on. It has like yeah. HTML gibberish. I don't know what, yeah. what that is. Yeah, and it's, somebody didn't tell Interscope that I wasn't signed there. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're about to put together the tour for Bilal. We got the posters, we got the stickers, we got everything. He's like, oh, Bilal, it's well, not it. Now it doesn't even work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is the Mickey Dunn Show with Bilal, WMUR, Gypsy Soul. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. No Always a pleasure. Thank you very much.